Alex here, returning for episode number eight of Sports the Nemo Way, where we will be discussing Dikembe Mutombo with Ray defending him as he again was the only one to put him on his list. So let's go over his career real quick so we can hear from Ray. The seven foot two, two hundred and forty five pound center played for the Denver Nuggets, Atlanta Hawks, Philadelphia 76ers, New Jersey Nets, New York Knicks, Houston and the Houston Rockets, excuse me, never winning a title or an MVP award, an eight-time All-Star, three-time All-NBA, six-time All-Defense, four-time Defensive Player of the Year, playing 18 years in the league after being drafted fourth overall, with career averages of 9, 10, and 1 on 51% shooting. So, Ray, lead us away. Okay, so uh, before we get into my defense... We've kind of been passively talking about this term for like four episodes now. So I thought I would throw it into this one since it kind of goes along with uh, Matumbo. And it's uh, a term called longevity. So let's see, where am I at here? Want to talk about a, a longevity. It's the elephant in a room and father time eventually catches up to you. Either works for a player's benefit like a LeBron or it works against the uh, the player, in this case, Matembo. There has been past episodes where we talked about the reason they got their stats is because they played for so long, but then we hit a paradox of where the player with the better stats and played longest gets the least grief. Now, answer me this. Why is that? Because all these players are understand stats just like everyone else. But as liquid down, down, down upon because they weren't as good as the other players, or because they were the third wor- uh, wheel on a team, or because they were the garbage man on a team. So, because they earned their, their stats just like the rest, we keep talking about things that are measured or numbers we can see, but can we see longevity? And still, with us seeing this opinion, they're still skewed. So, here's the question of the day. Why is longevity a benefit for some and a downfall for others? You really want an answer? Yeah. Um, I think longevity is good in a sense. I think, but longevity can hurt your career numbers if you're looking at per game stuff. Because if you're somebody that sticks around like a Matumbo or a Parrish, we'll talk about again later, uh, shortly, um, you stick around and aren't playing. Like you're just a bench guy that comes in a few minutes a game and puts up two points and one rebound and drags all your career averages down. I think that's when it's a negative and not a positive. But the positive part is I'm not going to knock a guy for playing 18 years in the league or Parrish, who I think coming up played 21 years in the league. Like longevity can be a, a positive. I mean, like you just said, LeBron James is on year 18 and still putting up 25, seven right. and seven or whatever he's playing this year. So, I mean, uh, there is a paradox to it. Though. I'll give it to you. Yeah. Anybody else want to answer before I go into Dikembe? No, I think Alex put it pretty well. All right. All right, here we go. Another high-intensity, high-energy lockdown defender, uh, Dikembe Mutombo. When you played Dikembe before you stepped on the floor, you knew that you knew that you were either shooting jump shots all night or you had to become creative because at this point, it was his house and you were very seldom to score a point without you getting a ball shoved down your throat. 
not only did he have great defensive skills, but he also had a nice post game. He had a nice uh, sweeping hook shot and a nice spin move. And he could dunk it right down in your face. And when he blocked your shot, he waved his finger in your, in your face just to take you down a notch and let you know it's not in his house. We've talked a lot about uh, if longevity helps the player or hurts the player. And uh, Dikembe's case, it hurt him. His final seven seasons was nothing like his first 12. He stayed around way past his prime and really hurt his stat line. But, like we went over the, uh, the stats before, I mean, he was uh, the two-time NBA rebounding leader, four-time defensive player of the year, eight-time all-star, three-time NBA blocks leader, and uh, he's uh, 20th in total rebounds, second in total blocks, seven in blocks per game. I mean, he had a great career, but uh, him staying around really long kind of hurt his stat line for his career. So that's my opening statement for Dukembe. All right, well, thanks, Ray. Um, let's go over to Drew. I like going to the youngster first. It's always fun. Um, Drew, what are your thoughts on Matumbo? Well, when we're talking about like, longevity and things, that doesn't really affect like how many total rebounds he got. I just want to say one thing and pass on to someone else. Bob Pettit has more rebounds <laughs> than Matumbo. Every all roads every lead time. to Bob Pettit. I've got to bring him in every episode. All right, well, Uncle Doug, what do you think? What'd you where'd you do with Matumbo? Um, I liked Kimbe. I thought he was a great defensively. Uh, I thought his offensive uh, shortcomings were the reason he wasn't on my list. Um, he scored some, but not as much as quite a few others. Um. As we talked a little bit earlier, as Ray mentioned, the, the longevity can hurt or help. Um, it might bring your per-game average down, but it also brings you up higher on the all-time list. You know, people that don't play as long aren't going to be as high on the all-time list. So that you've got to try to balance the all-time and the game average. Um, I looked at guys like uh, Patrick Ewing compared to Matumbo. Uh, rebounding, Matumbo was a little better, about half a rebound. Uh, blocks, he was about half a block better. But Ewing was like 11 points better. Um, you also look at a guy that I didn't put on my list, but like Bob Lanier. Uh, Lanier had almost as many rebounds, 10-1 to 10-3, but averaged 20 points a game. Um, he still came up, his blocks weren't nearly as high, 1.5. But he had three assists. Um, so Dikembe did just didn't quite make my list. Wade, you got anything about Dikembe? Yeah. I was actually kind of a... I had Dikembe as an honorable mention. I had my top ten, obviously. And I had a... On some positions where I had a tough time, I would list like one, maybe two people as an honorable mention, just for the hell of it. But... Uh, I had to Kimbe and Robert Parrish as honorable mentions at center. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, to be honest, I because I grew up watching part of Matumbo. You did too, Alan and Ray. Um, but then I think he was probably. I'm trying to think when I started watching. Um, when I started watching, uh, probably real early two thousands. That really was. That was maybe the end of his prime when he was with probably what Philadelphia. When yeah, they, Phil, when, they made the, when they made the finals yeah, run. He's the second best player probably with AI. Um, and I, I think I kind of made them a big mistake of, I kind of, I knew he was a beast at D 
defense and rebounding. I kind of dismissed him uh, without really digging into his stats. Then before this, um, I, I looked up his his uh, his numbers and accomplishments. It's pretty impressive. It's, it's actually it's up there. Like it's his defensive and rebounding numbers are nasty. Like it's and then I have Willis Reed, Dwight Howard as my ten and, ten and nine, which made me think a lot. And I started thinking about it a lot. And I had a couple questions. I was like, ooh. And I, I don't know. Like, now I'm kind of, maybe for the first time on the podcast, I might swap someone. Like, think about swapping someone. It was, uh, it was interesting. It was interesting. I like Matumbo. He was really impressive, especially the first part of his career. Um, I also like Matumbo. Um, and just for craziness, um, my ninth and tenth centers are also Dwight and Willis Reed. Oh, so that's nice. just coincidence. Um, <laughs> I want to say this. Uh, Dikembo literally came in at number 11 for me. I had like 20 guys at each position that I looked at really hard for each position, and then I ranked them and ended up with my top 10 to go into the top 50. And Dikembe came in at 11, so he narrowly missed my list. Um, but I also don't want to turn this into a Green Hill episode where we all go, oh, we all really like Dikembe, but yeah, he's not right. on our list. So I do have some things here for you. Um, really what it boiled down to me um, was Dikembe's shortcomings on the offensive end of the floor. There's no doubt, no no way anybody could say Dikembe wasn't a great defender. He was. And he's a four-time defensive player of the year. I do believe, I don't have the stat in front of me, I do believe he's the only one to ever do that. I don't know that anybody else has more than three. Other than him, I believe you're correct. Um, so that's that's uh, nothing to shake a stick at. Um, and Dikembe is not Dennis Rodman or Ben Wallace and just has nothing on the offensive end of the floor. He was a decent offensive player. I, I think he averaged over 10 for like what, 10 years in a row. Um, something like that. Yeah, I, think in 90, yeah. I have. So he, I, was, he was decent. Like, decent. Uh, in 91, 92, he averaged 16. Yeah, so that's not bad. Yeah, I mean, it's not like he was just hot garbage on the offensive floor or nothing. I'm not trying to say that, but we're talking uh, top ten all time. The rest of these guys just offensively were superior to him, so that that hurt him for me. Um, and the fact that he has no hardware on top of it also is uh, was was hard for me to get by because um, I think you can have shortcomings and still be elite if you add something to it. Um, not the defensive player of the year awards or nothing, I, but when I think of hardware, I think of MVPs and titles. Um, that's just where I, what I meant by that. But um, as Wade said, the last two guys on my center list were Dwight Howard and Willis Reed. So I did a little comparison with them, and this is what I got. Uh, Dwight Howard and Dikembe Mutombo um, are similar defensive players. Um, Dikembe has four defensive player of the years. Dwight Howard has three. Um, you know, two of the most defensive player of the years we've ever seen. Um, but Howard averaged over 20 points a game four times in his career. Um, he's an eight-time All-NBA to Matumbo's three. Um, and Dwight did was the best player on a finals team. I realize they didn't win, um, but he was the best player on a finals team. Um, and not that this really played into it anything, but he does have a ring now, just as a bench player. <laughs> um, um, at least a role player. <laughs> he was. I mean, he he 
he wasn't the twelfth man. I mean, he he was a role player. He yeah, he was like seventh man. Came came in and gave minutes. Um, and the Reed, the Reed comparison really boiled down to two things: Reed has an MVP, and Reed has two rings. Um, and I don't ha- really have much else. Um, I like, like I said, I like Matumbo. I uh, I think he's a quality center. I think he just just missed my list because of the things I just said. Back to your defense players. Either Ben Wallace also has four. With Matumbo. Oh, well, really? Way to go, Drew. Yep. Just I let know you guys know. He was a monster. Game. But he was an absolute nothing on offense. Like, we have seasons oh, yeah, where he averaged like, two, three. Like, <laughs> like six points a game. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, do Ray, do you have a rebuttal or can I go? Uh, go ahead. I, I just had a, literally just a couple of. Uh, here's the ideas that popped in my head before we. I'm not trying to argue. With Alex, before we start, <laughs> are this. you teaming up on Alex? No, again? <laughs> this is not my idea, but these are literally questions I want everyone to kind of try and answer. Okay, like because I have Willis Reed and Dwight Howard, just like Alex. So my kind of thought process was similar. Reed has a couple championships on some of the most popular teams of all time. You know those seventies Knicks and MVP. And Reed was like MVP on those championship teams too. I he think played he, he really got, well. He got yeah. one. I think did Frazier get one? Uh, Reed fi- may have had both. Uh, I, I think Frazier was a Finals MVP. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. He was I'm a Finals saying, MVP. I thought Frazier got one and Reed got that, one. That could be. Yeah, he yeah, had at least yeah. one. Yeah. When I get in my breakdown for best players on championship team, I believe I gave uh, Reed both. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a case to be made for Frazier being the best player on the second one. Frazier. I mean, Frazier is also number ten on my point guard, so they're both ten on their positions for me. So I think they're both. They were great players. Two two of us have Frazier on this. I have Frazier on my list. Oh, you, t- have, you too. He's, he's my number 10. Yes, I have Frazier on my list. Anyway, my, my point guard as far as – my point, I'm sorry, point guard. My point as far as Matumbo was, I mean, he Willis does have the championships and MVPs, but what kind of started – I got to thinking about Matumbo and what he accomplished. One, he did that in the 90s, which is the best center era in the NBA. You had Robinson. You had Olajuwon. You had Matumbo, you had Shaq, you had Young Duncan. Morning. Morning. Like, Morning was kind of almost an afterthought, and he was really, really good. Matumbo was kind of in that same territory. Like, you had these, and you still had Carmelo and Barkley as power forwards. Like, it was a big men era, plus Michael Jordan. I agree. Willis Reed got both finals MVPs. Did he get both? Yeah, he got okay. both. Drew is on top of the research he is. tonight. Wow. I got this. I'm out of data. <laughs> but, uh, Anyway, my actual point was Matumbo was really, really good and maybe the best era of centers we've ever seen. And second of all, if you put Matumbo on those Knicks teams in the 70s with, what, three, four other Hall of Famers, he probably gets the same results, I think, if not more. It's it's a possibility because, like you said, Frazier was there, but Earl the Pearl was there, DeBusher was there, Lucas Lucas was there. I mean, there was some definite talent. They're all in the Hall of Fame, I believe. Correct? But, I, but I, I mean, and Drew, I guess, can correct me if I'm wrong, but Willis Reed was their leading scorer, correct? He wasn't just, you know, out there. It was probably him or Monroe. Yeah. yeah probably. Reed yeah. averaged almost 19 for his career. Yeah. So. No, I like Willis Reed is on my on my list. Like, no, no, I, I'm I just understand. trying to bring up a question. Like, no, I, I, I think, think Matumbo, if he goes, if he switch some spots, I think Matumbo dominates the 70s. They, they probably have the same result, I feel like. And his offensive game is probably better than it is in the 90s when he's playing against the greatest centers ever. 
Well, that's just my opinion. Okay, so I, I can kind of, I can kind of get behind what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and my question about Reed has always been not that he would be a nobody, but how well would he translate to other eras? Because he was small. He would be power forward now, right? Power, he, correct. I, w- I think he would be, but power forwards don't have this. Don't do the same things today. Oh, are we talking about today or over a long period? Like, like we're talking about like exactly right uh, well, now? Well, I'm talking because about, the NBA right now is so much different than it's ever been. Oh, absolutely. I'm talking right. about every era. Okay, like if if he goes to the if he goes eighties, nineties, early two thousands, he's a power forward. Like you have Charles Barkley, Elton Brand, same size as him. Yeah. Um, today's NBA, yeah, well, that screws a lot of people over because it's all about shooting the basketball. But um, he does go down to power forward, I think, in all the other eras. Today's NBA, I'm not sure what he is to be honest. Well, I think he can still play center, but the question we're asking ourselves then is, can he block shots? And majority of his career, he played without that stat. How how tall is he? Yeah, I don't think he's that tall. I think he's six eight. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I was thinking six eight, he, six nine. He's not playing like center at six eight. I mean, Draymond Green. Well, it's probably probably like Draymond. That's, that's a limited, right. limited runs. Like, yeah, they're trying to outscore you for a period of time, and then they throw Andrew Bogut at you. Like, right. That's. But you got to remember when, saying, like, when Reed played, there was also some other pretty good centers. Javar was playing then. Chamberlain. Chamberlain was playing then. Uh, Lanier was playing then, and Lanier was pretty good. Um, he played against. He played, he played against Walton, didn't he? Uh, maybe at the beginning of Walton's career, um, somebody that kind of gets overlooked because he played quite a bit in the ABA was Artis Gilmore, and he was well over seven foot. And Gilmore was an eighteen eight, twelve three guy, averaging two point four blocks, won a title in the ABA. So Reed had to play against some pretty good sized guys too. That's true. I mean, he was bulky though. I mean, yes, no, no, he, I mean, was. he was. He was built. He was a bigger guy. I'm not really. I'm not really trying to diss on Willis Reed. I'm just trying to say, like, sure, make think a comparison. Matumbo would do in the 70s. I think Matumbo would destroy the 70s. That's at, at seven. At seven him. foot, he two, would succeed would, extremely well. Yeah, I think it'd be different from Matumbo. He's not, already a Hall of Famer in the 90s. Seven footers every night, but at the same time, I don't think we're talking about the 50s or 60s where he'd be the only one. No, no, no. <laughs> no that wasn't my point. But. I was just trying to start a conversation. Like, if you if you swapped them, does Matumbo still get two championships and MVP? Possibly. That's just, that was my only point. I was just trying to. Oh, start I get. It. I think we're on the same page. I really do. Yeah. I just I just think there's there's questions to be asked about how Willis translates going forward. Mm-hmm. I, like I said, I don't think he's ever a nobody. I don't think he's one of those guys where you're like he he just couldn't play. Yeah. Um, but because, I, also think, I also think Matumbo goes into every era and it's one of the if not the most dominant defensive center. One of the best top rebounders and a decent to good offensive player. So yeah, I I agree with you. Like I said, I don't have any problems with Matumbo. He just narrowly missed my list. Well, I just looked him up. It just made me kind of double think my eight and nine because I was having a scenario for Dwight. I just kind of went through out there. If no one else has anything to say, I'm just talking about Willis. We do definitely be a power forward because he's listed at six nine two thirty five. Yeah, so we're right. We said six yeah, eight six would, nine. He'd definitely be a power forward. But, yes, and I think that translates fine to the mm-hmm. 80s and to the 90s and maybe the early 2000s. It's just this era. It just doesn't yeah. translate right now, which may be the case for a lot of guys. Oh, a ton. Yeah. But uh, uh, because also a lot, a lot of guys. I'm sorry. I was going to say at 6'9", six, at six, I can't hear myself. 
Um, at six nine, uh, you know they're they're asking you to either roll to the rim and block shots or shoot a bunch of threes. And not that I'm a Willis Reed expert, I just don't know if that was either one of those things were were his game. So I don't know, maybe maybe not. I'm not sure. Yeah. Ray, what you got? Well, uh, I mean, I looked at some of the the other guys on my list. It was like Patrick Ewing and. David Robinson and all them. And, yeah, they were more complete center. But then I looked at, you know, maybe uh, like Dwight Howard. Okay, let's take him for example. Now, Dikembe might have played like 18 years. But we got Dwight Howard who's probably, you know, did the NBA tour for the last, you know, five or six. Really hasn't put up real good numbers. So I had to kind of like do matchups like I've been doing this whole time and, you know, compare against each other. And, you know, Dikembe just comes out on top. In what? Like, you know, being complete. I mean, we had a, in a time where Dwight was, you know, pretty monstrous when he first came in. Right. But since then, he really hasn't done anything but, you know, traveled around and sightseed. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean... He's, if he's going to catch Dikembe, I, I believe he has like four more years to play as far as longevity. I think he's in year 14. Are, are, you, talking about, are you talking about years? Yeah, yeah, I years. thought you were hinting like a stat like blocks or rebounds or something. Um, I know Dwight is on both the rebound and uh, blocks list, but I don't have that in front of me, so I'm not If I had to sure guess, I'd say he probably has, being a backup, he probably has a little ways to go on blocks. Now, rebounds, I'm not sure. Well, I know he's on the list, but... Dikembe is number two overall. That's what I'm saying. Blocks. Like, yeah. so he's not going to catch Dikembe in blocks. I know. Yeah. Rebounds. He rebounds. Might. He might. He just passed Barkley the other night, yeah. um, and somebody else. But I can't remember what kind where of exactly he is. He kind of hit on something I was um, going to say about. Obviously, I have Dwight at nine. I, but as do I. Something that kind of just came up as a, a question in my head was more along the lines of a kind of what I hit on earlier with Matumbo. He played against. Some of, I mean, I think he played against four or five, six people that we all have on our list as center and power forward. Like, it was a big men era plus Michael Jordan who beat them all, but that's not the point. But, and then Dwight, you know, was playing against Andrew Bynum and old fat Shaq <laughs> and injury riddled Yao Ming. Like, Dwight was a dominant. I'm not saying that. And he put up a lot better offensive stats for a longer period of time than Matumbo. But if you swap them, what do you think happens? Like, this is a curious question. I'm, I'm literally asking. I, I don't know. Um, I don't want to get too much into my Dwight Howard stuff because okay. that episode is like in, what, four or five episodes? That's probably close. Um, <clears throat> but I do believe playing more today, Matumbo may be slightly better because, like you said, there's not as many big men. Although... Big men do seem to be coming back in prominence now uh, yeah. a little bit. The uh, small ball stuff, seem, the, that fad seems to be dying slightly. Um, but slightly. I think the big difference between the two of them is Matumbo, even as a young person, was never the athlete Dwight was. I, I actually yeah. agree with that. Yeah, I go with that one. I have a – here's my kind of – the way I think about it in my head. Dwight athletically might be – I won't say the most gifted because that may be a stretch, but he's up there with the most athletically gifted centers we've ever seen, or players we've ever seen. Maybe. I mean, yeah, I mean, guys he's, that big don't usually—he's a move freak that like that. 
but he also was just a stingy brick on offense at all times and just kind of relied on dunks and putbacks. And he developed a little, he got a little better as time went on. Matumbo actually was kind of the opposite. Yeah, he was obviously super tall and long, but he actually had some a couple moves, fluid, nice moves, but just was nowhere near the athlete. Does that make sense? No, I, I think it makes perfect sense. I would say offensively, they could be similar in the fact that they both looked robotic on the offensive end of the floor. Neither one of them were fluid and flowing. Like, when you see Jabbar shoot his skyhook, it's so smooth. When you, when you see so many times. Oh, absolutely. When you, see, when you see Olajuwon make his moves. or The dream shake. Right? Yeah, the dream shake. Or if you see Mikhail up and under somebody, like it looks so fluid and smooth. Or Those Shaq guys, just elbows you and dunks it. Well, that was more violent. <laughs> yeah, but, that's you know, what I'm saying. Like, Horses way in there. It wasn't pretty, but it was, you know it was going in. <laughs> but I don't think either one of these guys, Dwight or Matumbo, I mean, um, we could say that about them on the offensive end of the floor. The, pre- the prettiest part of their game was them going up and grabbing a ball that somebody shot. I, I mean, I agree. These are just arguments, or not arguments, just discussions that popped up in my head that I just simply wanted to bring up. I think they were pretty valid. Um, neither one of them, I think, they probably both could have been more on offense, especially Dwight. But it just, I, I don't know. That, that was the stuff I thought about. That's Here, all I was trying to say. Here's something I've thought about with Matumbo, and I don't mean it as an insult to him at all. It's literally just a question. We see this in baseball more than any other sport, but we see guys from other countries come over here and their age is messed up. It's true. And they seem to age really rapidly, and then all of a sudden we find out they're five years older than they were. Mm. Dikembe got old fast. Yeah, Dikembe I mean, looked like an old man five years in the league. He was what, from the Congo? Yeah. Is yeah. that right? I know he's yeah Republic of Congo. Congo. Yeah, uh, I I wondered if he fibbed or they didn't know his exact birth date or year, you know, type situation. And when he was in college, he was actually a grown man. And when he got to the league, he was twenty five. The crazy part is, to our knowledge, he played to like forty three. So was he <laughs> was he fifty? Well, maybe was he a decent backup at 50? Was he a decent <laughs> backup at fifty years I mean, old? Like what? Uh, Julio That's Franco impressive. was still hitting baseballs at close to fifty. Yep. I mean, I mean uh, remember, uh, remember uh, Miguel Tejada, the yeah, all all star shortstop, and then he turned out he lied. Fausto uh, Fausto Carmona did the same thing. He, all of a sudden, he's a Cy Young candidate, and two years later, he's like can't throw a baseball. And we're like, what happened? They're like, well, he's actually thirty five. But this is probably scenario. Like I know it. Wasn't there something to do with Albert Pools in this? That some people have, I've heard speculation. I've never heard any proof over the years. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. No proof. That's just the most recent one I know. Again, my it's again the Dominican Republic. Yeah, I right. think, I think goes it's back become, to almost yeah, all these guys. I think it's become a thing with Dominican players, yeah. and we just guess when they start to fall off. I, I don't think you know. I think anytime a Dominican player, whether we it's founded or not in baseball, I mean, um, yeah. and they start to decline. We're like, well, maybe they're older than we thought. Because yeah. <laughs> it's happened so many times. Without getting too far off subject, you can say what you want about Albert Pujols, but the man hit over 600 home runs, 2,000 RBIs, and has over oh, 3,000 yeah. hits. So he can be 68 years old, I don't care. He's great. Oh, no, <laughs> true. Here's my childhood hero. Yeah. I'm a Cardinals fan. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry. I love it. Anyway, Albert. we should probably get back on track to Matumbo. Um, 
Well, Ray, what do you got? I mean, uh, you got anything else to respond to some of the things we're saying? I mean, I mean, the most thing that uh, drew me to uh, Dikembe was, you know, those defensive skills. And that's what I like. That's my, you know, core spot is defense. That's what I like the most. I, I think we see that. I'm yeah. a Kawhi fan, bro. I got you. So, <laughs> I mean, seeing him play defense and, you know, just tearing you up on the boards and shoving it in your face, with, you know, that finger wag was just great. The finger wag was phenomenal. I, when they banned the finger wag, I was so irritated. Oh, I, I actually have something kind of funny to talk about. The first thing I thought about when I when we got to think about Dikembe is that I couldn't YouTube something that I wish I could show everybody. Because just a handful of years ago, I think it was like a progressive commercial or yeah. some insurance yeah. commercial. Geico. Geico. They talk about protection. And someone goes to like throw something in the trash and he... Dikembe pops out of nowhere and swats it down and goes, no, no, no. Yeah. And then someone tries to throw some laundry in a clothes basket and he pops out of nowhere and swats it down and wags his finger and goes, no, no, no. <laughs> that commercial was great. It was, it was. phenomenal. It was, yeah. Well, I believe we did bring up a few things. Um, there was some good conversation here. Uh, so it wasn't completely our Grant Hill conversation where we're all like, I love him, but he's just not on my list. <laughs> um, but I have I will say this, Ray. Uh, I know I came at you pretty hard with the Oakley episode. I, I I had no no reason to come at you hard with Dikembe because, like I said, he narrowly missed my list. I like Dikembe a lot. He's a guy that played a lot of his career during my lifetime, where I was able to watch him. Um, he has a soft place in my heart. Um, I just just narrowly missed him off or left him off due to some of the things I said earlier. Um, but I have no problem with him being on your list, and I like Dikembe. Um, this was one of my picks, or one of your picks that was left off my list that I literally didn't have much of an argument against. Cool. Yeah, I like Dikembe too. Um, it was just the offensive side of it that, that affected, kept him off my list. He was great defense, and I love the finger wag. And you're right, the commercial was great. But just the offensive just wasn't there for me. Are these your closing statements? Uh, sounds like it. Okay, yeah. all right. Go ahead, Drew. I have to agree with Alex and my dad. Just his offensive end, and one of only two players that had four time. All defensive players is pretty special. He was a lot better on the offense than Ben Wallace. All that agree with that. So yeah, just if he got a couple more points there, or maybe somehow snuck championship or something else in there, he probably would have made my list. Um. I mean, I really like Matumbo. I mean, I feel like I talked about him probably more than anybody on the episode. But uh, I um, I have, like I said, Willis uh, Reed and Dwight Howard at 9 and 10. But I feel like you can make an argument for a swap on either one. I feel like he can. there's a case there to be made. So I, I, I'm, I'm cool with him being on anyone's list, to be honest. Um, I would have rode that four defensive player of the year awards hard if I was you, Ray. But... Um, but that, that's that's truly impressive. Um, his rebounds and blocks numbers are, are phenomenal. But uh, the offensive end is probably his weakness, obviously. But uh, but yeah, I, I, you know, I'll leave it to you, Ray. To oh. Close it out. Well, uh, I really don't have to ride the four defensive players. <laughs> it's on the paper. It sells itself. But uh, we can. Uh, what was that? Uh, Denver Nuggets team. It was the the AC. The ninety two. That beat the uh, first seed, first time in like forever. That's ever happened. You got the picture of Matumbo laying on the ground, yeah, crying, holding the ball at the end of the. One of the most memorable moments of probably all time, I think. 
Well, I mean, it's definitely maybe the most memorable moment in Nuggets history. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, like I said before, his defense is you know, rock solid. You can't get past that. Uh, his offense is a little questionable, but, you know, sometimes you have to create defense and, you know, create offense. And sometimes that's what he did. So, I mean, he might not be scoring a point, but his defense is probably leading to somebody else scoring a point. So, so I know we just did our closing statements, but I thought of a question, so I'm going to go ahead and ask it. Right, go ahead. If, and obviously we're playing if, if and and but, but uh, if that, uh, what year was it, 2000, 2001, 76ers team that went to the oh, finals, yeah. and I'm not trying to take anything away from your Lakers, um, if they were to win that series, obviously it completely changes AI's legacy. Um, but what does that do to Matumbo's legacy? He's definitely on our list. Yeah, he's definitely on our list. <laughs> he, he's the number two player on that team. He's on our list for sure. Yeah. I think that would help, yeah. I would vault him above Patrick Ewing, who never got one. Wasn't that our Willis Reed argument? He got he got the hardware. Right. Yeah. Um I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean you can still argue it, I guess, with Willis Reed, but then you have the error argument and back and forth. But that it, it vaults him in a different category, I believe. Probably above Ewing, kinda like because Ewing is my number ten, and I would definitely call it. So, so are we saying the lack of hardware is more of a glaring thing than the lack of offense? Because Ewing was a far superior player offensively. I, I guess it depends on situation and preference, and you can nitpick whatever you want. But it's well, I'm whatever. Not trying you to nitpick, I'm just asking questions. No, I'm just saying in general, you can you can nitpick at any player or at any well, you can feel like it. You can also look at it that his lack of offense is why they didn't beat the Lakers. Had he scored yeah. more points, maybe they would have won. Yeah, I mean, it was That's like true. Alan Iris and Matumbo, Aaron McKee and Eric Snow. George Lynch, Tyrone Hill, uh, the McCullough guy came off the bench. Yeah. It was a bunch of defensive <laughs> stoppers and Iverson shooting at 35 times a game. Right. Yeah. No, I, I think that's literally what they did. Aaron McKee was their second leading scorer, right. I believe, and he came off the bench. It was Snow, a defensive first point guard, AI, George Lynch, who was a wing stopper, Tyrone Hill, who was a rugged player in an Oakley-type mold, and then you had Matumbo, one of the greatest defensive players of all time. Tyrone Liu off the bench, the Kobe stopper, remember? No, no, no. He was the AI stopper for the Lakers. Oh, my bad. I flipped it. My bad. Liu was for the Lakers. I flipped the team. The famous famous step over. Yeah. Yeah. I swapped the teams. My bad. So they literally went out and said, let's see if we can get all the great defensive players in the league, put them on one team, and tell one guy to score. But yep. at the same time, it I mean, they made the finals because they defensively finals. they were smothering. You, you had one weakness and four guys that just locked you down. Like it was it, and back then you could play physical. So I mean Snow and McKee and I'm forgetting the forward. Lynch. Um, Lynch. They were all bigger, bulky, physical guys. And Matumbo is actually the giant shot blocker. And Allen Iverson has played the, the the passing lanes. It seems kind of a decent weakness. But. Well, I think it's also easier to play passing lanes when you know the guy that blows by you to the rim has to deal with Matumbo. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, Allen Iverson was extremely good at stealing the ball. But when it came down to one-on-one, most shooting guards could do whatever they wanted with Allen Iverson because he was like 6-1. If... Yeah, that I mean, I mean, yeah. So he had to pick a role, and that was jump the passing lanes. 
while everyone else played lockdown defense and Mutombo guarded the paint. And they got him to a championship, and then they ran to Shaq, <laughs> who and that, they just obliterated everything. Well, I mean, as great as a defender as Mutombo was, Shaq tore him up in that final. Well, you, you can't stop a 300 whatever you want to call him. Shaq tore everybody. Up. Yeah. He just he gave you an elbow, spun, and dunked it. <laughs> that was that. <laughs> like, okay, he's getting 40 tonight. That's cool. No, that's it. I just wanted to ask those couple questions. Um, are we cool? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, so let's uh, move on to our trivia section um, and see how that goes this week. Well, I'll go. Keeping with our uh, theme of blocks, um, in honor of Dikembe, who has the most blocks in a game? Eaton. I can't remember his first name. Mark Eaton? Mark. Mark, Mark yes. Eaton. Oh, that's a good guess. Um, he was a hell of a shot blocker. Um, but I'm going to go a different direction. I'm going to say Manute Bowl. I'll go out on a limb. I'll say uh, Sean Bradley. Oh, I like Bradley, yeah. I'm going to go Elijah Moore. Actually, it's Elmore Smith. Oh, In really 1973, know. he blocked 17 shots. Wow. In a game. That's nuts. Yeah. Cool, if I go? Yeah, go ahead. All right, I actually just looked this up on accident a while back. Um, which two shooting guards have the most career points without a ring? Two, 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 two shooting guards. So I'm going to say Reggie Miller and Allen Iverson. Okay. Good guess. Good guess. Anybody else? Put that phone away, Drew. <laughs> I'm not looking it up. Put it down. I was checking the football game. Thank you very much. Repeat the question again. Most Which two shooting guards in NBA history have the most career points without an NBA ring? I'll go with Vince Carter and Reggie Miller. Okay. I'm going to go with Alan, Alan Iverson and uh, Vince Carter. Okay. Right. All right. I'll go uh, Reggie Miller and... Let's just go James Harden. Uncle Doug was correct. It is Reggie Miller and Vince Carter. Ooh. They both have more points than AI. Longevity. Longevity got him. No, I thought right. AI had the most of all three of them, to be honest with you. So Uncle Doug got it, huh? And he Good question, it. Wade. Yeah. All right. Uh, you want to go, Drew? Yeah, I got my question pulled up. So you got Michael and Will with most points per game at 30. Who is number three? Wait, wait, I'm sorry, I was only half. Who listening. is third on most points per game? Points per game. Mm. Um, I'm gonna say Kareem. Mm. I just rethought my thought. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go Kobe. I'll go. Um, I'll go Kareem. Rick Barry. Elgin Baylor. Mm. Uh, yeah, another guy, his career got cut short, so we didn't right. have a downside to bring his numbers down. So he had 27.3. He retired like 12 years or something. His numbers are redonkulous. Yeah, they are. Ray, you or me? Uh, I'll go ahead. Okay. All right. Uh, what was the most famous nickname for Sam Perkins? Sam Perkins. 
Uh, the Candy Man. That was all of a candy. <laughs> I'm just guessing. I don't know. Um, wow. I I remember watching Sam, but I do not. I can't think of anything. He played for your Lakers. I know. Last okay. time I watched him play, he was like a backup game to retire. So I don't know. Um, I, uh, Sammy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, Mr. Unstoppable. <laughs> nope, he'd come off the Pacers bench and he'd pop a three and it'd be like, oh, there's Big Smooth. Big Smooth. All right. I thought Candyman right. was pretty close. <laughs> All right, here's my question. In 1992, Michael Jordan won MVP, Finals MVP, and an Olympic gold all in that same year. Who was the next player to accomplish this feat? Mm. Kobe or LeBron is my feeling. I'll I'll go with Kobe. Just to be different, I'll say LeBron. I'm going with Kobe. Kobe. The answer is LeBron. (laughs) Talking about. Go away. I believe he did it in 12. Oh, yeah, with the heat? Yeah. yeah. Um, did Kobe, Kobe, the year he won MVP, like, was a first-round exit, I believe. Mm, that could be. Because he won his MVP when they weren't, after Shaq. That's when he was averaging, like, good. 36 points a game yeah. or something nuts. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think that 34 was 34 or something. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, uh, the scores moved exactly one point this week. <laughs> Me? Uh, no, two points. Sorry, Wade and Doug both scored one. I apologize. Um, so the the scores are as follows: Ray with six, Doug with eleven, Alex with twelve, and Drew and Wade with fourteen. Wade has caught Drew again. Um, we'll see how this goes next week. See if one of them can take the lead by themselves. And that being said, that is it for this episode on Dikembe Mutombo. We appreciate your listen. And please join us next week for our episode on Paul Arzen, or as Drew would say, Arisen. (laughs) Um, And uh, thank you, everybody.